The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Beck Dental Care, Columbia Academy, Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, The Rock Place, and Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Their trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact them today at 931-381-2663 or visit mtbj.net. Welcome into another edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. I'm Chris Yao. I am joined by Mo Patton. J.P. Plant is on the controls. We are here seven minutes past the hour of 9 o'clock on Tuesday, October 27th. And it is not a beautiful day in Columbia, but it's another day. And we're happy to be here. And it looks like it's raining outside. It looks like it's going to rain the rest of the week until Friday. And... Also in studio with us this morning is station owner Delt Kennedy, who apparently has an issue with some of these coaches who think they're weathermen. Yeah, yep, yep. You have brought up this. I mean, I've been on the, uh, I've been on the air now for an hour with Drake Collie, and I got my blood pressure worked up just enough <laughs> just to keep on going a little bit here. <laughs> hey, with y'all, Chris and Mo and JP. You know, I think twice now there is. Well, let me let me preface it this way. When, when I I was a trial lawyer forty years, and you know, other lawyers, judges, people involved go, the jury is going to do this, the jury is going to do that, and I would just look them in the eye. I go, look, if you think you know what any group of twelve people is going to do on any issue, just go on down to the radio station or the TV station and get in the weather business because <laughs> you're going to be more accurate there than you are with what the heck's going on with a jury. And, <laughs> and believe you me, down at the Murray County Courthouse, you can still do it. Now, I, I, the young lawyers may do it, but I did it as a young lawyer back in the 80s. Statute of limitations run. You could get out there in that hall by the jury room <laughs> and you could hear the jury deliberate. Every damn word it echoed underneath that door uh, on the hardwood floor. Yeah, gets you every time. And uh, and it is not pretty, people. It I is agree. not pretty. But now, what, uh, football coaches, I think, what, twice this year we've had uh, central football games, maybe even a summit football game moved. And several games have been moved have been because moved of, of Because of a, a forecast of, it, of inclement weather. Folks, neither lawyers or football coaches – should be in the weather business. It's not their dead gum business. And I think every time they've done it, it's turned out to be better weather on the real date than the rain date. Well, it, we did. Spring Hill and BGA ended up having to cancel because of uh, lightning on Friday, unfortunately. But they didn't move it because of um, homecoming. Because of homecoming, right? Whereas Central moved theirs in spite of homecoming and got their <laughs> game in, although. Mo went to Eagleville, and they had a 40-minute delay, but that was it. So, yeah, it's pretty much hit or miss in the yeah. weather business. And, now, and it, it, wreaks game, havoc, it wreaks yeah. havoc on the Scheduling. schools program. It wreaks havoc on us here at the station who are trying to broadcast <laughs> right. or, or cover their games. Now, we, fi- now we found the real the real motive behind this. <laughs> it's, it's football. <laughs> Get out of the weather business is all I'm going to say. Thank you, guys. Have a oh, great yeah. show. Thanks, Delk. Uh 
Not necessarily wrong because we did. We talked about that. How everybody moved their game to Thursday one night, and then CA said, "No, nah, we're gonna play on Friday," and it worked out better for Friday because Independent CPA ended up canceled mm-hmm. on Thursday, and then uh, Spring Hill Summit wound up playing on Saturday. Saturday, yeah, and then uh, you know CA got their game in with Shelbyville. And that was like week three, I think. Week two, two. yeah, yeah was second it? week two. of the season. So, yeah, yeah I mean. Definitely not wrong on some fronts. Then again, you've got times like this Friday when you don't move it and Spring Hill BGA gets canceled. Who knows? <laughs> anyway. I'm, I'm fine, Chris. How are you? Oh man, dude, I'm it's it's a really good day. It's it's you know sometimes when we, we, we get the drive down here, it's uh it's nice and and no big deal. This morning we passed an, an unfortunate situation on 65 yeah. North with a, a rear-ended car and one of those better us than better them than us kind of deals. Unfortunately, yeah. yeah. But so. other than that, we're having a good day. Got a lot of high school football going on. We have today is Top Five Tuesday, and today's Top Five is Halloween candy. So if you want to give us your favorite Halloween candy. You want to talk a little bit about Williamson County football. You want to talk about SEC football. We're going to talk about all that today. Give us a call. Shoot us a text. 931-381-1017. 931-381-1017. We would love to hear your thoughts on Halloween candy, SEC football, high school football, high school soccer, cross country, um, scheduling, all kinds of great stuff today, including let's kick it off with that cross country as there are some meets today as a matter of fact out in this weather <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah um not only are there some meets today but um there are some meets that are running literally as we speak up mm-hmm. at sanders ferry park in hendersonville the region six uh region six large class meet is going on which includes Independence, Spring Hill, and Summit. The girls' race started at top of the hour, and the boys will start at about nine forty, nine forty-five. So, you know, good luck to um, good luck to our area runners that are running up there, as well as the Columbia Central boys and girls who will be running beginning at nine thirty over at the Seagull Soccer Complex in Murfreesboro. The girls will run first and the boys after because ladies first. Makes sense. Uh, yeah. Um, on Thursday, the Division Two A Middle Region meet will take place up at Sanders Ferry. That'll include um, Columbia Academy and Zion Christian. That starts at 8.30 on Thursday. On Friday um, at Henry Horton, the Region Six Small Class Meet will be uh, will take place at nine o'clock. Uh, that'll have Cullioca, Hampshire, Mount Pleasant, Santa Fe, and Summertown amongst our area teams participating in that one. And again, that starts at eight thirty. So. so, so the Region Six Large Tournament is at the same place that the state race is going to be. That's a little unfair. <laughs> It's not. I'm just... To everybody else, maybe. No. <laughs> I mean, it's not like everybody else hasn't run there at least once anyway. Yeah, I think most of your teams have tried to get uh, have tried to get on that course 
at some point this season to try to get ready for that. But uh, going back historically, this will be the first year in the last 50 that the state meet has not taken place at the Iroquois steeplechase at um, Percy Warner Park up off Old Hickory Boulevard in, in South Nashville slash Brentwood. But um, oftentimes all of your mid-state region meets took place there as well. So this is a little a little different. It's taken some getting used to. Um, a lot of folks are, you know, kind of embracing the newness of this. I, I know that Columbia Academy, Independence, a few other teams, like I said, took the opportunity to get on that course earlier this year just to try to familiarize themselves with it ahead of the postseason. And the, the state meet is set for next Thursday and Friday, November 5th and 6th. We've got an article up on the website at sm-tnsports.com that um, outlines all of this, this week's schedule and next week's schedule for the state meet as well. So be sure and check that out. Yes, and more inclement weather schedule changes, as Del was talking about (laughs) earlier. The state soccer tournament, scheduled to begin tomorrow, tomorrow has now been moved to Friday through Monday with the Division One starting on Friday and playing Friday, Saturday, and Monday. Division Two will play on Saturday and Sunday, which I think is a little weird. If you're going to play games on Sunday, I probably wouldn't play with the Christian schools, but hey, TWSWA, what do I know? Um, we'll, nobody we'll, asked we'll, me. We'll, we'll talk more about that in a second. Yeah, nobody as, asked me. As far as TWSWA and what do you know, because we unearthed another situation that evoked a similar response from you, Yeah, as I recall. I really feel like maybe they should just put me on the payroll at this point, because I got, I got ideas. <laughs> Going to make Chris Yao the czar the, of the, the TWSWA. TWSWA. <laughs> I'm I'm here for that. But they have moved to Friday through Monday. I know Franklin, uh, Ravenwood, BGA, and Brentwood Academy are all in those tournaments. Uh, I think you have a schedule, or at least their opponents. Um, Franklin will play Collierville in the quarterfinals, and that game will be on Friday. Ravenwood will play Maryville on Friday as well. On Saturday in the Division 2A semifinals, St. George's and defending state champion Battleground Academy will play in the D2AA semifinals. Brentwood Academy will play um, Chattanooga Girls Prep. And like you said, the D2 finals will be on Sunday. Um, I believe the Division One semifinals in Class A, AA, and AAA will take place on Saturday, and the championship will be on Monday. So, what you're telling me is we could have an all Williamson County state finals in girls Division Two soccer. Hey, you could hey, look at there, and it wouldn't be the first time it happened. Brent, I know Franklin and Brentwood have played in the championship game before, so it's. It's not exactly a new thing. And we could also have Franklin Ravenwood potentially. Or are they on yeah. the same side? No, they're on they're on opposite sides. There you go. So Man. yeah. So, yeah. What, what if all 
<laughs> well, now, now BGA and Brentwood Academy are in different divisions. Oh, okay. So yeah, BGA is in. So they um, wouldn't play each other. No, they would gotcha. not play each other. Brentwood Academy is Division Two AA. BGA is Division Two A. Gotcha. But you could have Franklin Ravenwood in Monday's championship. Wouldn't that be interesting? That. And before we get to quick break here, uh, we do have Charles Pulliam of the Williamson Herald on the other side of a break. I do want to let you guys know that officially yesterday we found out that Summit and Lincoln County are officially canceled for Friday night as of right now. We do not know that Summit has a game scheduled. Uh, I have talked with Brian Coleman and there's no official game to be played. Uh we do know that Smyrna has recently opened up, and there's a reason for that, and we'll get to that in a minute. Um, but a Smyrna Summit game would be fun, almost as fun as Tullahoma Summit. Would you have just want that game to be played at Smyrna. so you uh, I'm not be- going either way, unfortunately. Well, that's true, too. Because I will be in Shelbyville. Yeah, you will. I will be in Shelbyville. To see and Central? I'll be, uh, yeah, I'll be on our sister station, 103.7. Clayton Harris is going to let me uh, on radio for three hours, which is probably not the smartest plan he's had, but (laughs) there's that. Anyway, also, we talked to you yesterday about Summertown and Zion playing on election night. That game has also been canceled because it's election night, apparently. Summertown. Scheduling conflicts. Yes. Several different scheduling conflicts. Tuesday night schedules, Thursday night schedules. Uh, couldn't get it, couldn't get it played on either or Monday night schedules, and it's unfortunate, you know. It is. In, in a year where the TWSWA was allowing folks to play an eleventh game because of the pandemic situation and that kind of thing, I think it would have been really cool in a Mount Pleasant Zion kind of way for these two schools, these two teams, to have played and and just get one more game in. You know, Zion has played every game. On its original schedule, Summertown's schedule has had some interruptions, but I think it would have been a, a good ball game, you know, for yeah. the community. It would have been a lot of fun, and I I still think if they wanted to play it, Saturday would be a great option. Uh, it, it would at least give, you know, give you the opportunity to have some officials and give them one more game on the field, maybe some of your younger officials who – are moving up from junior varsity ball up to varsity and that sort of thing. Uh, but it doesn't appear they're going to play. Uh, unfortunate situation. But also some Lincoln County. Lincoln County's uh, at least a few of their players have, uh, have been on quarantine from COVID-19. So unfortunately they will not be playing as well, which means that Summit is the official winner of Region 55A. We will get to the playoff scenarios in segment three as well. But when we come back, we're going to talk to Charles Pulliam of the Williamson Herald, as we do every Tuesday. We'll talk to him about six different Williamson County football games and some that have big playoff implications. Once again, Charles Pulliam of the Williamson Herald on the other side of the break. Stay tuned on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Uh, 
covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there, and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net. Looking for a Halloween hangout? Patio West in Spring Hill is your spot for food, games, and fun. Located at 3011 Longford Drive, Patio West is hosting both a kids and all-ages costume contest, along with three different trivia games during their Halloween extravaganza starting at 3 p.m. on October 31st. Bring the whole family down for all the fun you can have in one place. Patio West Comfort and Coastal Eats in Spring Hill. Visit them on Facebook or online at patiowest.com. Welcome back again to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. 24 minutes past the hour of 9 o'clock here on Tuesday, October 27th, and we are having a great time here, as always, on this wonderful, wonderful radio show that we have put together just for you. We have. We put this together all, all for you to keep you informed on what's going on in high school sports in Murray County, in Lawrence County, Giles County, and of course Williamson County. But we don't know enough about Williamson County football or sports to be the experts. <laughs> so that is why we bring to you every Tuesday the Williamson Herald. Today, we have the expert. We don't have Joe. We have Charles Pulliam, who... Joe's going to get a complex from you, man. <laughs> Joe's not going to get a complex. Joe is going to tell you that uh, you're exactly right, as he did last time. <laughs> Comparatively speaking, Charles Pulliam, the expert. <laughs> and we appreciate it, because... I know nothing about Williamson County sports outside of Summit and Independence, so we appreciate Charles coming on the show each and every week from the Williamson Herald. Thanks for joining us, man. Yeah, happy to have you on board. Man, we're going to have to start some kind of thing there for Joe. I guess uh, him and I are going to have to duke it out maybe one of these times and do like a trivia night on Williamson County sports or something. That would be fun. <laughs> that would be fun. I could moderate that thing. Yeah. That would be kind of interesting, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, man, Um, as Chris said, appreciate having you on as always. And before we go forward, let's go back for a second. You and I were both at James C. Parker Stadium on Saturday evening for the Independence-Brentwood game. Did you yeah. see that game going the way it did? No, no. Especially uh, as Indy opened up a pretty good lead, that's just not what I had envisioned. Um, man, that was that was quite the showing by the Eagles there. And you know, it was neat to just be on the sidelines with you for a while too, because we haven't been able to do that. But I was uh, I was impressed there, especially. I guess I could go back to that uh, that Hanky field goal at the end of the first half. That just seemed like it kind of kind of gave a little momentum to Indy, and then they, they just kept going from there. I mean, Campbell with those back-to-back -to -back touchdown runs, end of the third, start of the fourth. Um, 
man, big time performance from the Eagles. It really was, you know, and like you said, the the hinky field goal at the end of the half, sandwiching the the hinky field goal on their opening possession of the game, and. Mm-hmm. It probably did give Independence a little bit of a boost, but at the same time, they weren't really clicking offensively. I mean, they had two pretty promising drives right there that they had to settle for field goals and didn't get anything else done offensively in the first half. Um, You know, from your your perspective, what did you feel like changed for them in the second half? Well, it was kind of interesting when you talk about that. I think it has to do a little bit on the other side there, too. I mean, Brentwood just kind of, I, I don't know, they, they, I've been watching those guys a couple times here this season, and guys like Spencer Ridge, John House, and others there, those are, those are big defender guys for them. And, you know, without House on the field there, I forget when exactly he went out. But he's one of those difference maker guys on the defensive side. I'm not saying that is the reason, but I think that is one of those small things that kind of added to it. And I'm sure Coach Blade just had a couple nice words and comments <laughs> to say to those boys in that halftime. Because sure enough, they came out. I think it took less than three minutes for, uh, for Campbell to find Lockwood for that 17-yarder to start. And, you know, I think that was the confidence that kind of just kept it rolling there. Um, so, you know, they just had a, a little better start out of there, um, missing a couple key guys on the other side. Um, it, it was, it was definitely interesting. I really thought Indy was going to just run away with it, but you, you can't really do that at Brentwood. <laughs> no, you can't. And, you know, eventually Cade Granzow is going to be Cade Granzow, finished up 24 36 for, for 256 yards and a couple of passing touchdowns. But, what I didn't expect out of Brentwood offensively was Granzow rushing for 81 yards on 14 carries. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, he, we've seen him do that year in and year out here for quite a while where he'll have one of those games where, you know, you just give him the ball 10 or 15 times and he's going to get you those hard-earned yards. I mean, he is just a big kid mm. and a bruising quarterback at that too. So um, when he racks them up like that and he's getting those three, four yards at a time, that just stacks up and that gives them great position position. And then it's that, that, that like little back route, that uh, out and back kind of thing that him and Walker Merrill do so well, Aaron Walton as well. Uh, Merrill just streaked down the sideline and I'm coming back and they, they hit, you know, <laughs> they connect multiple times and get seven, eight, 10, you name it all the time. And it's just, it's a neat, uh, neat team to watch for sure. But when Cade's running the ball, well, that's a hard team to stop, and uh, they just kind of ran out of steam, ran out of time there. A number of folks apparently impressed with that 26-21 Independence win as they came into the Associated Press Class 6A Top 10 this week, um, coming in at number nine between Brentwood and Ravenwood. Mm-hmm. Very good. Hey. That was nice to see him kind of crack in there. And, yeah, but- and we are talking – playoff stuff and scenarios now my gosh yeah behind Brentwood which is odd to me but hey what do I know (laughs) that's gonna be my new hashtag is what do I know Um, (laughs) you do seem to embrace that um visiting with Charles Pulliam from the Williamson Herald be sure and check him out on Twitter at CS Pulliam um like I said Charles going forward I guess this um Ravenwood Independence game on Friday night is a, it's a, just a little 
cross county rivalry, no big deal. <laughs> yeah, hardly anything on the line here. Um, my gosh, you know, it it just looking at, you know, Ravenwood's schedule, seeing who the, the teams they've had to play and knowing that if uh you know, if they get if they can get Indy, we have four teams that end up probably going four and one there. Obviously there's a lot in the air with that that uh Brentwood game and Centennial. You know, I don't think anything's been completely decided there. But uh in terms of just teams, you know, Ravenwood, Indy, and Brentwood all kind of wrapping up together at the same spot. And then looking in on the other side, I mean, you could toss in the chaos happening over in Region 5 with Stewart County and those teams, uh, well, Stewart actually not getting to even make the playoffs despite being the number three team. <laughs> just just wild stuff going on here. <laughs> yeah, that's actually one of the things that I'm – kind of upset about (laughs) is the fact that Stewart's Creek the number three seed won't be playing which means the number two seed from the region 6-6a will apparently get a bye as what we were told this morning whereas wouldn't it just make sense to move Cane Ridge into that three spot and let the number one seed get a bye I feel Um, like that would be the the better of the options but hey and yeah, I agree with that. That makes perfect sense, I think. Um, but then, you know, we've we've been down this road before. We've dabbled into how we think we should be doing some scheduling, I think, too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and our thoughts weren't very very well received on those yeah, either. You know, so. They never are. Yeah. We got we have really good insight, I feel like though, you know? <laughs> but how do, how do you reward a number two seed when you could reward your number one instead? That's simple stuff. But regardless out of that region five spot, I know that that Cane Ridge team coming in like that, that's kind of the game of that first round. If there was a game, I feel like whoever ends up having to face Cane Ridge on the region six side, I mean, that's the one that kind of stands out to me a little bit because, uh, you know, looking at Stewart's Creek, they, you know, without them in the in the scenario, the scenario there, I, I go back to the week one matchup or week two matchup, uh, Smyrna and Centennial as a good, you know, kind of measurement tool, what the Smyrna team might kind of be like, you know, most of, I think half their wins in the region were COVID wins. So, you know, we watched them lose. I uh, watched them lose at Riverdale. They got pounded pretty well there. Um, really their, their two quality wins are, are tight wins at Cane Ridge and against Laverne. So and that the f- team And the fact, that the, Cent- num- the fact that Centennial played them close and isn't going to make the playoffs. There you go. So kind of- as them, them being the number one, it's, uh, I, I still I go back to the, that Cane Ridge team just having a little more experience on that kind of stage, and they've been dealing with a lot of those issues that we've been seeing all these teams do, um, and they played a couple tough teams. I mean, they were just coming off that loss at Father Ryan. Father Ryan's suddenly a, a team you got to be watching out for. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. So uh, they, they have a tough schedule. They've played some tough teams. They just haven't been able to show up in a couple big games there, and so – you know, and they've been on this stage a lot. So I, I, whoever comes out of there and has to face a Cane Ridge matchup there, that's kind of the game of the first round, I think. Yeah, there's no question to me. I think that can that the Cane Ridge, whatever who whomever they play at that one seed, whether it be Independence or Brentwood, uh, that'll be interesting. It'll bear watching for sure. 
Um, yeah. Chris and I were curious whether you or Joe is going to Dover on Friday night. <laughs> Dover. Oh, man. Well, about that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's only for a region championship, Charles. Yeah, yeah, you know. Um, yeah. <laughs> Fairview goes to Stewart County for the region three, uh, six, three A championship on Friday night, and it seems that Charles and Joe have not decided which of them is going to be covering that game, but it it, it should be a pretty interesting matchup, I would think. Well, you see, and I got a pretty good excuse of not just not wanting to do the drive. Um, and, you know, you know me, I'll I'll, uh, I'll try to go. I make some trips here and there anyway. But mm-hmm. um, Friday morning, I'm actually closing on my new home. So, oh, uh, <laughs> OK. It's just kind of uh, not really that possible on my end. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, interestingly enough i you know i'm moving north of nashville a little bit so i'd actually cut into the drive a little oh so you'd kind of be up there. that way then huh mm, yeah, well, there you go. definitely not in dover but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i'm shaving shaving 15 minutes off of that drive probably yeah over <laughs> so, in... i don't know uh <laughs> i think i i think i'd rather be trying to trying to move in here i'm not too sure if i'm gonna even make it out on a friday night which would be a rare one even Ooh. so uh still going through those processes but okay. yeah coach coach hughes is going to hear from me on the phone no matter what that night <laughs> there you go um region 4-4 a marshall county goes to nolansville uh it's a game that's pretty much for postseason seeding i guess both those teams are in but one of them would um the winner would host a um first round game the loser would travel yeah, and I think that's a that's a good one for Nolansville to be having at home. I think that gives them a little bit of an edge. Um, obviously, they had a, a pretty poor showing, I think, over at Tullahoma. A really slow start. I think they gave up the first three touchdowns there and just didn't have the uh, the offense the way they normally do. A couple turnovers as well. So a poor showing at Tullahoma for Nolansville last week. But a uh, little chance for redemption, a little chance to, you know, extra motivation to know you get to host a playoff game as well. So that's actually one of those big ones here in Williamson County that I got got my eye on, too. That Marshall County team's a tough one. Their only loss is against Tullahoma, so uh, yeah. always one to, uh, one to be looking at. To be fair, everyone has started poorly over at Tullahoma. <laughs> there you finished go. Finished poorly at <laughs> Tullahoma. So, I mean, that's that's not really a knock on Nolansville. It's, it's a credit to Tullahoma and how good they've been this year. They really have. They're just impressive across the board. Another couple of games, um, not so much with playoff implications, but involving playoff teams, I guess, as um, Franklin goes to Dixon County uh, in a Region 6-6A matchup. Yeah, and that's uh, one of those games where, you know, looking at Franklin and grabbing that, that four seed there and then eventually, you know, playing over it at, uh, at Smyrna. If they go that and they don't take our route of giving the Region 5 winner a bye, <laughs> that's kind of one of those games that I'm kind of intrigued about just because, you know, it's Coach Donnie Webb's had a had a – always a tough tough guy out there and when those guys get in the playoffs that's always a challenge too they've had some fun ones at cane ridge the last couple of years and uh just knowing that those guys always find a way nice little game there at dixon though to hopefully trying to 
gather some more of that momentum. They had a good win over at Page last week. Uh, ended up having to score the last second. Connor Bevan to Taylor Spirito, and uh, you know those are those are some confidence ones, especially as you get late into the season like this. And you know, again, just happy to be playing a game, let alone. Uh, you know, battling anything out, but one of those rare county meetings we saw Page and Franklin last week. Yeah, and speaking of Page, they go to Franklin County, who may have some suspensions looming uh, in that one, so that should be interesting. Yeah, and we were, you know, I know you guys broke down all the different scenarios out there, and there's there's a lot happening right there in Region 5, 5A with that game on who wins. <laughs> yeah. um, obviously, you know, Summit and Shelbyville, got that one two locked up but where's columbia central franklin county and page fall into the picture there a lot depending right there yeah it's it's definitely going to be interesting hey real quick before we let you go wanted to ask you um how cool was it and how impactful uh last friday seeing barbara campbell on the sidelines for brentwood in that volleyball state championship game Oh my gosh, that was that was one of my top sports moments recently here for sure. I've been really close with uh, Coach Campbell for several years, and uh, her daughters and I um, been talking on the phone, just kind of maintaining contact as Coach Campbell recovers from this, you know, a really really tough stroke there. And you know, there's lots of details out there. She's a very private person she doesn't really like talking about her health stuff but it was essentially a a stroke that kind of sidelined her there at the end of september and a lot of other things added into that but for her to make that appearance i mean um it was myself and uh brentwood coach angie noble that knew she was coming to the gym and uh i pulled aside uh matthew gillespie right away and was like okay so we got a big thing happening here and we were able to arrange it where she could come in the side door at the Siegel gymnasium there. And just as the match was about to start, I mean, the Siegel player was getting ready to serve. <laughs> That's when coach Campbell showed up and we opened the side door and she comes in TWSWA officials step onto the floor, hold their hands up, hold on time out. <laughs> She's back. <laughs> it was, uh, just an emotional, emotional moment for everybody. Um, and just to see, you know, for so many years, we've seen Coach Campbell on the sidelines there. That's, I think, her 27th state tournament. Um, you know, she's a she's a staple. It's a family reunion when Brentwood volleyball goes to state because you just see all the former players, parents, you name it. So to have her missing on the sideline for the first part of that tournament was just not the same. So, so to have her back was uh, was truly special, and I I've never seen a Brentwood volleyball team surge the way they did. And I've watched a lot of Brentwood volleyball, and everybody knows Brentwood volleyball is the the top of the line around here. And they were unstoppable. There was nothing yeah. Seagull could do to slow that because they were so emotionally charged. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wrong, they were wrong yeah. place, right, wrong time right there, even though they were playing at home. And when I saw yeah. that video, Charles, you and Chris <laughs> are too young to re- to recognize this name, but I, I thought Willis Reed. Yeah. Of, of oh, the, no. When exactly. he coming out of the locker room for the New York Knicks in that NBA finals right. years and years and more years ago before either of y'all were born. But anyway – um, oh well, I'm a I'm an NBA history buff. I've watched that video. I mean, all he needed to do was come out, and he made that one shot. Boom, 
Nick's a charge. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. We were, we were joking on the sideline at the football game. I said, Joe Blair and I were joking at uh, near the end, I think end of the third quarter when Indy was really starting to roll. He was like, man, maybe we should bring Coach Campbell out <laughs> on the field. hey whatever works (laughs) whatever works oh charles thanks so much for joining us here on southern middle tennessee sports today as always on tuesdays we appreciate you no thanks for having me guys always like what you do and uh keep up the good work we're we're down that home stretch here lots of stuff going on geez and down the home stretch for football yeah just getting geared up for the rest of the year (laughs) But hey, th- thanks, man. Oh, yep, I appreciate it. All righty. All right, when we come back from break, we're going to talk playoff scenarios with Captain Chaos. That's me. And uh, <laughs> we'll give you some stat leaders as well across the area. You can find all of that on sm-tnsports.com. So if you want to prepare for the next segment, you can visit visit us there and give, shoot us a text, 931-381-1017, 931-381-1017. Let us know your thoughts. We come back on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there, and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net. Are you finally ready to turn your outdated kitchen into a dream kitchen, but you don't want to deal with the hassle of a remodel? Call our friends Lynn and Kathy over at By Design Cabinetry in Spring Hill. They have the latest trends and timeless classic looks for your home. By Design Cabinetry is your solution to indoor and outdoor cabinets. Visit them at bydesigncabinetry.com or call 615-241-1195. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. 14 minutes to the top of the hour of 10 o'clock on Tuesday. A couple of things to look at as we have high school football playoffs looming and several scenarios in which we have put together on sm-tnsports.com just for your perusing value there. You can check it out and see exactly what needs to happen for every playoff scenario in the Southern Middle SM-TNSports.com coverage area. So I love that headline. Yeah, half, hashtag if then. If then, there you go. If this happens, then, then what? This happens. And I mean, that's what you got to do, right? You just got to figure it out. It's the and you did. It's a little easier in week eleven. Last week it would have been really tough. Um, in week 11, you can pretty much put it down to three teams mm-hmm. and go from there. And we talked to Bernard Childress, the um, executive director of the TSSAA, a little bit before we came on air. And they will be putting these together, or they have these put together pretty much for every region in the state. And he fully expects to have completed brackets 
by the end of the night, Friday night. So basically, if you feel like staying up for a little bit, you'll be able to know your favorite team's path to Cookville before you go to bed. Or you can just wake up Saturday morning and read it on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports. If, if you want website. to wait that long, you know. Or so. or or we might have them during Friday Night Live. As we're, we're on the air till 11. It could be. So well, I was thinking about could, that. And at I, least have I, I want, some. I wonder if you don't even want to stay on the air a little longer. Well, we might, depending on what um, what happens. You'll so. definitely know the these teams because I've already mm-hmm. given you the if-thens. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so there you go. You can figure them out by right. on your own. We'll be able to make our own. Yeah, you, you'll figure that out. And here's a, we'll start with that big six six A matchup that we were talking about because it's really fairly simple. Mm-hmm. Uh, if if Independence wins, then they will win the region. Brentwood would be second because they would have beaten Ravenwood earlier in the season, and Brentwood right now getting that bye. Uh, against Stewart's Creek. Ravenwood would be third. Franklin is fourth. The fourth spot is Franklin's. Nobody can take it, and they can't move up, no matter what happens this week. If Ravenwood were to beat Independence and Brentwood wins, which is the most likely scenario, uh, Brentwood would then win the region via tiebreaker of most overall wins. They would have seven wins on the season. Ravenwood, having beaten Indy, would then be the two-seed and would get the bye against Stewart's Creek, and Independence would then have to travel to Laverne. This, it, this Stewart's Creek thing has really got Chris all really upset about it. Uh, if Ravenwood wins and Brentwood loses to Centennial, which is wild uh, nonetheless, Ravenwood would be the winner of the region via their tiebreaker over Independence. Independence would then be the two-seed because Brentwood would have two losses, and both Independence and Ravenwood would only have one loss, and Brentwood would be the three seed. Independence would then get the bye against Stewart's Creek. So that's uh, that, that's pretty much the simplicity of, and, of that one. And as Charles alluded to, Centennial having to um, take a no contest last week against Pope John Paul II. <clears throat> Excuse me. Thank you, J.P. Um, Centennial having to take a no contest against uh, JP2 for COVID reasons. <laughs> you said JP, and I was like, against JP? What? <laughs> Sorry. Pope gotcha. John Paul gotcha. II. <laughs> um, yeah, it's my little my little kid. You didn't know that? JP2? I was, yeah. <laughs> I was like, you played football on Friday? Anyway, Centennial, we're not sure what their availability is for that Brentwood right, game. No so, you know – the the idea of Brentwood potentially losing to Centennial is is an interesting scenario to throw into that scenario, I guess. Yeah. Region four four A is pretty clear. It's mm-hmm. it's Tullahoma at the top. Nolensville and Marshall County are playing for the two seed, and the winner gets the two seed, the loser gets the three seed, and Spring Hill Lawrence County play on Friday for the number four spot in that's going to be a really good ball game. Really excited to watch to watch that kind of play out. the The winner of that game, and then they would travel to Region Three, 
mm-hmm. which would be DeKalb County. Uh, DeKalb County owns the tiebreaker over everybody else, so that's the number one seed. They would travel, once again, like I said, to DeKalb County, Spring Hill, Lawrence County winner. That's a long way to go. It is. <laughs> Smithville is not close. And then, but it is closer than Stone Memorial, which is over in Cumberland County. Yeah, so uh, it looks like Stone Memorial is the four seed out of that five-team region, by the way. <laughs> um, Who you got? You got Livingston, you got Macon, you got DeKalb, you got... Stone, Stone and Cumberland. Yeah. So So everybody's in but Cumberland? Everybody's in but Cumberland. Which was coached last year by former Columbia Central... Standout receiver Eric Ballou. Yeah, up until last year, he's not the coach. He, no, he's not the coach. He's down he in le- Georgia now. He left after the one year. He's down in Georgia, and he's become a published author. We've been trying to get him on the air, and schedules just have not lined up. But um, he's written a book. We'll talk more about that when we get him on. We will. All right, and then of course in Region Five One A, Richland can play its way into the postseason. Fayetteville is the region champion. Moore County is number two. A Richland win over Huntland would leave the Hornets on the outside even after beating Cornersville last week. Isn't that something? So Cornersville would then get the three seed, Richland uh, getting the the four seed, and if Richland loses to Huntland, then Huntland's the three, and Cornersville is the four. And, of course, now the one that everybody in Columbia is worried about is how do Mm -hmm. the Lions get into the playoffs? First, let's talk about Summit's opponent. Summit is the number one seed. We get that. Hillsboro plays Hunter's Lane this week. Hillwood is taking on Beach. Beach. So, Number one in the state, Beach, by the way. Uh, The most likely scenario is this. Hillsboro winning... Hillwood losing, that would mean Summit plays Hillwood. If Hillwood wins over Beach and Hillsboro loses to Hunter's Lane, the Spartans would then get Hunter's Lane, which is wild. And if Hillsboro loses and Hillwood both lose, then the Spartans again would get Hillsboro. So it's a, it, it's pretty simple. It, the most likely scenario, again, is either Hillsboro wins or Hillwood loses. Either one of those happens. Um, and the other does the opposite, then there you go. Anyway, let's talk about the. You got something else on that? No, no, no. Go ahead. Let's talk about this. This one is is how Region Five Five A plays out in the 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 three and four spot because Shelbyville is the number two, no matter what. They are locked into the number two spot. Page beats Franklin County. If Page beats Franklin County, then no matter what, Page is the three, Columbia Central's the four. Columbia, Regardless Rick, of what Columbia Central does against Shelby. Whether they win or lose, does not matter. Um, if Franklin County wins and Columbia loses, then Columbia's out. It would be Franklin County in the three spot, Page in the four. And then if Franklin County was to beat Page and Columbia was to beat Shelbyville, then Columbia Central would actually be the three seed and Franklin County would get the four, which is crazy. But Franklin County does have some suspensions looming. Shelbyville probably has some suspensions looming from their fight on Friday night that apparently cleared some benches. 
and the rules state that if you come off the bench during a fight, you are suspended for the next week, which could be a problem for... I mean, if it's truly a bench-clearing brawl, and the rule is that if you come off the bench, you're suspended, then it sounds pretty cut and dried. One would think. I'm sure there were probably... 10 or 12 kids who didn't come off for Franklin County. Shelbyville only dressed 25. So so the kids that they didn't dress. Including Cade Cunningham. How convenient. Right? <laughs> he just wasn't there. So, But he did have COVID, I guess, because he didn't play the week before. The Shelbyville had to cancel against Summit. And then they played Franklin County, but they only dressed 25. And we talked about this yesterday. Who knows? But. Anyway, there are some suspensions looming. We'll probably get word on that either today or tomorrow. We'll be happy to share that as soon as we get it. Um, that's, But again, Paige wins, Columbia's in, no matter what. Columbia wins, Columbia's in, no matter what. So, there you go. So, um, again, if you're a Central fan, you're a Paige fan. Essentially. Week. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... It, it, it just makes it easier mm-hmm. to not have to worry about it if you're, you know, if Paige was to win. Now, in the event that there are some big suspensions for Shelbyville, I think Columbia Central has a great chance to win. And again, I don't. Franklin County is also going to have some suspensions. We think there's going to be anywhere from nine to twelve ish. Mm-hmm. That's the rumor in Winchester. I don't think they can beat Paige either way, but with suspensions, I don't think there's any possibility at all. Meanwhile, Central has still got some some personnel issues heading into this uh, the, heading into this Shelbyville game. Um, still got some guys that are going to be missing for for COVID, for contact tracing, that kind of thing. Got some injuries that they're dealing with as well, so they may not be at full strength either going into Friday. Right, so it's a, it's going to be interesting to watch as it plays out, and we we know that we've we have known that, uh, and it's been a again we saw the chaos that <laughs> ensued earlier this year with Region Five Five A, and it has not settled down it much has not at all. A, it has not abated. No, not at all. Yeah. All right, it is just near the top of the hour. We're one minute away. We'll be back on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports today, and we will talk SEC football and Lane Kiffin potentially paying a $25,000 fine in pennies. That would be fun. We'll be right back. Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Beck Dental Care, Columbia Academy, Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, The Rock Place, and Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint.
Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. Specializing in orthopedic injuries, their ortho-quick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit them online at mtvj.net. Back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Four minutes past the hour of 10 o'clock, and we're here to talk about Lane Kiffin, because <laughs> Lane Kiffin is a lot of fun to talk about. I mean, that's just the the nuts and bolts of it. Is If we're going to talk about somebody in the Southeastern Conference, Lane Kiffin is a great place to start, and... I'm excited about this because Lane Kiffin is worth every penny that he's being paid. <laughs> nice. And on Saturday, in their loss to Auburn, there was a play on a kickoff in the fourth quarter, five minutes and 43 seconds to go in the game. The kick allegedly hit an Auburn player's finger and bounced into the end zone, which was recovered by Ole Miss. Miss. Which should be a touchdown. Typically, if the ball just goes into the end zone, it's a touchback. Mm -hmm. No big deal. But if it touches a player in the field of play, it is then a live ball. The SEC determined the replay official should have stopped the game for further review of the play. In the football officiating replay process, every play is reviewed, but when appropriate, the game is stopped for further review. Because it was not appropriately stopped for further review, the necessary slow-motion view of the play was not viewed by the replay official to determine if the ruling on the field should have been reversed. The SEC office conducted a review of the play and appropriately communicated its findings above to Ole Miss head football coach Lane Kiffin and other athletics department personnel per conference protocol. Now, that response and that review that was communicated to Lane, he was asked about in his press conference yesterday, and this was his answer. Well, I was late to this um, because I wasn't informed with John Dade and the SEC, and so um, I've really struggled with this um, a lot, and so... I just had the conversation with him. You know, he called to explain what happened. You know, I really wish for our players, for our fans, that they could hear what I was just told. Um, I think they deserve to, but, you know, I asked. They made sure to tell me there's a policy that I can't tell you, the players or the fans, um, you know, what their, if you want to call it explanation, for that situation and how the TV copy, everybody in the country could see it hit him. And I asked the side judge, <clears throat> you know, why aren't they replaying it? Do I need a challenge? He said, he said, they've already looked at it. There's nothing there. So I'm not allowed to say anything about the conversation, but I really wish that our fans and players could hear what I was told. 
we've talked about this. Uh, I've, had, I've had to take a, about a five minute uh, like power yoga class before I walked in here and said what I really want to. Because I, you know what I'd really like. I'd really like when you guys ask me questions about managing a game or how I play players, just say, well, that's a personal thing and um, I can't discuss it with you. I would really like to be able to answer those questions like that. Wouldn't they all? This, that right there is what everybody expected when Lane came back to the SEC from Florida Atlantic. That's why everybody was so excited to see Lane Kiffin back in the SEC. That response, and we talked about this yesterday with certain coaches. Certain coaches have tact. Certain coaches have the ability to be a smart aleck and and endearing at the same time. Yet, yet endearing. And some coaches don't. Dabo Sweeney. Um, anyway. <laughs> Now, after the game, Lane may or may not, actually he did because he's, well, we'll tell you, he retweeted a few things that essentially were criticizing officials. Now, listening to that, here is the problem that I have. He asked if he should challenge it, and they told him there's nothing there. They've already looked. They've looked at it, and they did look at it, but they didn't look at it in slow-mo as we hear, heard there. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're going to tell me there's nothing there. <laughs> and then there's something and there. And then there's something there. That's a problem. Now, if I'm Lane Kiffin, I challenge it anyway. 5.43 to go in the game. You really, I mean, I guess if you have all your timeouts, you, you expect you might get the ball back. But you can win the game with without that. But once you're told there's nothing there, then then your thought process is okay. I could challenge this, but if he's telling me there's nothing there, I'm losing it. Then I'm going to lose the challenge. I'm going to lose the timeout. I know, I know, and and maybe at this point he now knows that they're not looking at the slow mo replays. So in the future, oh yeah, you challenge. Oh, it. next if, time he challenges, no question. Right and. and probably the other 13 coaches in the southeastern conference in a similar situation challenge as well because and now they know because the the officials there's nothing there clearly doesn't mean there's nothing there right and they also know that they're not looking at slow-mo replays yeah they're just looking at live replays as mm-hmm. quickly as possible so anyway uh, after the game, because of those retweets and <laughs> violating SEC bylaw 10.5 of criticizing officials in um, in the public is completely prohibited, he was fined $25,000. He then tweeted that how could he get his hands on $25,000 worth of pennies? Well, actually, that's not what well, he He actually tweeted, how can I get my hands on 25,000 pennies? Which is $250. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> not going to help you. Lane was struggling with the decimal point there, I think. But that's okay. I mean, hey, he's a football coach, not a mathematician. Mathing is hard. Uh, yeah, as long as you know how to count to 10 and get 10 yards, you're good, right? <laughs> but he eventually got straightened out and came to the realization that he needs 2.5 million 
pennies. Now he got the idea because a guy paid his his Samsung overdue overdue phone bill or something with a wheelbarrow full of pennies. He tweeted out that video and said, "Where can I get to twenty five thousand pennies?" And then he asterisk two hundred fifty thousand. Uh, 250,000 pennies then he asterisked 2.5 million, million pennies <laughs> it took him three times to get there but he got there that being said i'm not mad at him though that being said downtown birmingham lane kiffin wheelbarrowing in oh. 2.5 million pennies would be absolutely thing of beauty <laughs> an absolute thing of beauty as we said regarding an unrelated topic yesterday that is the level of petty to which I aspire. No question. No question. Paying off a $25,000 fine in pennies. Payable to Greg Sankey and the SEC. That's right. And I like Sankey, but this would be this would be art. It, it really would be. Man, he's fantastic. Oh, and that's what we're talking about. You know, we thought it was going to be more Mike Leach with his hey incoherent ramblings. Hey, hey it's still October twenty seventh. But to this point, Lane is the leader in the clubhouse. Lane is the leader in the clubhouse, no question. And and he set the bar pretty high with this one. And if he actually goes through, I don't think he will, just because. Yeah, I know, but still, but it it's certainly the level of petty to which I aspire. But again. You know, the play is to you, Mike Leach and Starkville. <laughs> That's right. It's your move on on the chessboard. Oh, other results. Uh, Auburn 35, Ole Miss 28 is what we were just talking about. Other results that kind of surprised me, LSU 52, South Carolina 24. Did not think LSU could score 52 points, but yet here we are. <laughs> and what's crazy about that, as we talked off air, is – LSU played with two freshmen at quarterback in that game. Um, T.J. Finley, who is a Louisiana kid who decided to stay home, and Max Johnson, who is the son of Super Bowl-winning quarterback Brad Johnson with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Brad Johnson's which, a Super Bowl winner. <laughs> That's funny. Well, it's almost as funny as Trent, Trent Dilfer. Dilfer. Yeah, Lipscomb Academy coach Trent Dilfer. Yeah, he was on Cowherd the other day. Was he? Yeah, they showed a, they showed a uh, a highlight of one of his kids taking a kickback ninety nine yards, and he was in on on Cal- I thought that was pretty cool with Cowherd. Well, and that kid was Alex Broom, mm-hmm. who is the son of Maplewood coach Arsente Broom. That's weird. Former Stratford and TSU standout Arsente Broom. So. Um, all sorts of connections there, but yeah, um, Dilfer and and the the Mustangs with a big win Friday night against CPA, possibly probably the biggest win of the Dilfer era there in his second. And that's year. what they were talking about on the show. Yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, that he even got national publicity for it. But anyway. As we were saying, mm-hmm. well, he used to be a regular guest on Cowherd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but I mean, the so. fact that that he was like, you know what, let's let, let's give him some some yeah. props, and that's. But anyway, Brad Johnson and Trent Dilfer are both <laughs> Super Bowl winning quarterbacks, which is the ironic part of all. Trivial pursuit answers those two quarterbacks. Hey, yeah, but um, yeah, as you were saying, uh, obviously LSU has struggled with all of the players that they lost 
off that national championship team, both to graduation slash the NFL draft and to COVID with a number of kids deciding to opt out this year. So struggled early. And all of that leads you to think that, yeah, I wouldn't have expected them to score 52 either. But again, I'm not sure how good South Carolina is. I don't think they're very good. Well, you said that last week, and I said they'd beat Auburn, and I was right. But <laughs> I also don't think Auburn's very good. So I I really just don't know. Um, this LSU team is, is very Jekyll and Hyde. Mm-hmm. But also, you know, one of the reasons we didn't think LSU was very good is because they lost to Arkansas. Well, and to Missouri. The Missouri thing was the, the the interesting. I'm sorry, Mississippi State, not Arkansas. They lost to Mississippi State and Missouri. Right. And you know, it, it's just it, we don't know what to expect from this team. Also, not knowing what to expect is Missouri. They get a 20 to 10 win over Kentucky, a Kentucky team that just beat Tennessee like a drum, and. Missouri lost to Tennessee 35-12. So the SEC this year is certainly a crapshoot for the most part. I think an all-conference schedule and a 10-game all-conference schedule is going to lend itself to more of this before it's all over with. I don't think there's any – you're exactly right. I mean, that's what's going to – you're just going to see this happen a bunch. And – I mean, I remember back when the SEC expanded back in 1992 to um, to bring Texas A&M and South Carolina in. I'm sorry, Arkansas. Arkansas and South Carolina came in together, yes. And then Missouri and A&M. Together. Right. And the thought was, you know, we're never going to win a national championship again because we're all going to beat up on each other in conference play. Alabama wins the national championship that year. That year. Thanks to Antonio Langham, by the way. <laughs> no doubt. But, you know, the, the beating up on each other didn't necessarily come through that year, even though they did expand the conference schedule to accommodate those two extra teams. But, you know, over a 10-game schedule where you're not playing anybody outside the conference, that's obviously going to happen. I mean, you're literally beating up each other. And I think as a result, you're seeing – some of these results that just kind of make you scratch your head a little bit. And other than Alabama and maybe Georgia, yeah, I'm not sure who is going to stand out from one week to the next, including Florida. Yeah, I'm Flo- not so well, Florida that. lost to A&M, so who knows? <laughs> and, and you are not. And I am not an A&M fanatic. I, I, I think they're not very good. Yeah. And so who knows? This is what – you want to talk about scratching your head? I will give you a guess, and I will tell you that it's more than 80. Do you know how many plays Missouri ran on Saturday? And it's more than 80? It's more than 80. I have no idea. 92. They scored 20 points on 92 plays. Do you know how many Kentucky ran? Less. (laughs) 60 what? Missouri ran 92. Kentucky ran 36. 36 offensive plays. 36. Offensive plays. Terry so Wilson. Missouri ran two and a half times more plays than Kentucky did. Yes. That's insane. 
that's how that'll you, typically get you beat. Yeah, you can't you can't unless you're scoring on every drive at 36 with a with a bomb. I mean, a mentor of mine once told me the time of possession is the most overrated stat in football. But not and, when it's two and a half times yeah, more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll agree with that to most a point. of the time. <laughs> to a point. I think this exceeds that point, 92 to 36. Yeah, Terry Wilson was 4 of 11 with 38 yards, but he had a touchdown. His QB rating, 4. Joey Gatewood was 1 of 3 for 12 yards. His QB rating, 10.5. But Basilak did not throw a touchdown pass, and his QB rating was 88.4. They ran 62 plays on the ground, 220 yards rushing. That'll, that'll, that'll get you a win, typically in, uh, in football, especially in college football. So I'm telling you, the SEC this year is absolute just m- melee. Just It is a, a crapshoot from week to week, and I'm not mad about it. it's definitely entertaining yeah we'll certainly talk about uh, a little bit of southeastern conference football ish on the other side of the break as we welcome back in Teresa walker of the associated press so she'll be on the other side of this break we'll talk titans we'll talk vandy we'll talk uh, a little bit other stuff when we come back on southern middle tennessee sports today presented by mid-tennessee bone and joint Looking for a Halloween hangout? Patio West in Spring Hill is your spot for food, games, and fun. Located at 3011 Longford Drive, Patio West is hosting both a kids' and all-ages costume contest, along with three different trivia games during their Halloween extravaganza starting at 3 p.m. on October 31st. Bring the whole family down for all the fun you can have in one place. Patio West Comfort and Coastal Eats in Spring Hill. Visit them on Facebook or online at patiowest.com. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. 23 minutes past the hour, 10 o'clock here on WKOM 1017 FM. And we are excited to bring back to you one of our favorite guests, Tennessee Sports Editor for the Associated Press, Teresa Walker. Teresa, thanks for joining us. My pleasure. How are y'all doing today? We're doing well, Teresa, despite a somewhat gloomy day here in Columbia, as as Chris I, would say. But well, um, I know. Didn't we expect some sun today? I mean, I'm walking out this morning and it's like it's misty. It's like there's this rain coming in earlier than we thought. It's just amazing. Well, I mean, it's still early. <laughs> maybe it's only 25 after 10 maybe we're gonna get some sun before the day is over with but if you don't like the weather wait 10 minutes it'll change it it doesn't appear we're gonna get any though it, i'd be a little shocked at this point let me put it this way i left my sunglasses at home probably a smart move 
yeah one less thing to keep up with um Teresa the Titans lost Sunday and yeah. for for quite some time <laughs> yes, for quite some time in that game <laughs> there was no question as to whether or not they were going to um what did you see in that second half I saw the resilience that helped them win four of their first five games. And let's not forget, those four wins uh, in that stretch came for those wins. They only blew out the, the Bills in that stretch. So, you know, uh, let's let's put it this way. You had uh, Steven Gaskowski, who people are mad at for missing the 45-yarder to force overtime on Sunday. He won the game in Denver. He won the game. Whoa, stop, uh, stop, stop, stop. He won the game in Denver after, after missing, missing three other yeah. shots to win the game in Denver. We're we're not he's not getting a pass for the Denver game, not for me anyway. If y'all want to give him one, go ahead. Oh no. Well, the, the, you look at the numbers. I mean, here's the thing. As bad as he's been, the field goal uh, production is better than last year for the Titans. Well, well I mean, if that's what you're measuring it against, horrific. you know. Come on now. Give me a chance here. It, it, it is bizarre. He is perfect from 50 and out. He's 5 of 5 from 50 yards or longer. So they but should have taken is, a loss before that uh, kick on Sunday another then. longer – yeah, maybe they should have taken a delay game, a game penalty or something because, <laughs> you know, between 40 and 49, he is 1 of 5, which is just astounding. This is a four-time pro bowler. You know, this guy is among the – He's the, a Hall the of Famer, top. they say. Yes. Well, he's a kicker, so I mean, once they get Vinatieri in there, they may think they're good for a while. So, um, you know, never assume Hall of Famer, but you know, he is a guy who is among the best kickers of all time. And you know, when he misses that kick, I start seeing on social media, well, he did buy his retirement home in Williamson County this summer, and it's like, come on, people, he bought that because his wife is from Memphis, he attended Memphis in college. But uh, you know, here's the thing: uh, the thing that just grabbed my eye, guys. You know, yes, he's a former Patriot, and you know he has a track record. And more importantly, Variable said yesterday he sees him hitting it well in practice. You know, and 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 guess what? Some you know the special teams unit as a whole struggled mightily yes. on uh, Sunday. You know, the 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 bad snap that not even Brett Karn could save. You know, he, he it's no <laughs> surprise that his hang time that he he booms punts and has great hang time, and yet they still couldn't tackle Ray Ray McLeod. So you know, and or shoot recover a pooch kick on a kickoff you know Khalif Raymond's been pretty good but you know they just struggled on all sorts of ways in that second that first half but the thing that makes me think that this is still a team that can win the division make a run in the playoffs is the fact that they came back okay this team when it matters to get Guskowski in position for that field goal in Denver uh, for the field goal against Jacksonville for the field goal against uh, the Minnesota Vikings guys when they were they've played some stretch of football where we're like what in the world are they doing and in crunch time when it matters most they drive down the field for the winning points they just didn't happen on Sunday because well yeah they were playing a team like the Steelers and you know the, the one thing as bad as that defense was in the first half they shut them out after that field goal on their opening drive of the, of the third quarter so there's still some good pieces there but do they absolutely have some areas that they have to fix yeah but you know what? When you've won five straight games, you survived the COVID outbreak and stuff with not much practice time, 
you know, as A.J. Brown put it, you know, stuff gets kind of swept under the rug when you're winning. Right now, the rug's been yanked back and shine the light of day on the stuff that they've got to get better at. You mean like third down defense? Oh. Third down, third down for <laughs> what? Lately, guys. Uh, I mean, worst in the NFL by far. Guys, here's the stat. Now, hat tip to David Buckler for first pointing it out, and I double-checked him. Uh, they have given up 74 uh, – no, 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 I'm sorry, 50 of 82 third downs have been converted <sighs> against them. It's a 61% rate a year ago. For the entire season, they allowed 74 third down conversions. Okay, 36.3%. So they're they're it's bad. And something scrolling across my my Twitter machine here today that makes me one very curious. Uh, apparently, the Patriots are looking to move Stephen Gilmore. And you know, considering what that you know, Jonathan Joseph was a nice piece to help you maybe land Jonathan uh, Jadavian Clowney. But <laughs> I, if I'm the Titans, I would at least if I'm John Robinson, I'm making a call to see what it might cost me to uh, make that happen because you put uh, Malcolm Butler, Stephen Gilmore, Adoree Jackson back there, and we still don't know how bad Christian Fulton's knee is, then suddenly you have really improved your secondary, and that's going to buy maybe that half second to a second that uh, the front needs to get more pressure on quarterbacks. So, and you know, so I'm I'm curious to see what they do from a personnel standpoint. But I, I'll say this: I do know one thing. Uh, Mike Vrabel and his coaches have an awful lot to point out this week. Uh, and, and when Vrabel was asked about that third down defense yesterday, what he said was, "All eleven have to work together, and they've got to coach it better." Now that's the, the one you know, and that's the one thing we always hear is that you know we've got to coach it better. They've got to play it better. So, you know, let's put it this way. They made it very clear they got areas they have to improve. If they are interested in St- in Stephen Gilmore, though, does that tell you that Adoree Jackson isn't as close to coming back as you would like? No, Mo, I think it's, uh, you know, because he started practicing last week. He's in that three-week – this is week two of the three-week window to practice to return off the IR. So uh, it doesn't tell me that. It tells me that Christian Fulton, because of injuries and things that have kept him off the practice field, uh, ha- has not blossomed as quickly as you'd hope. And, you know, shocking. In a year that you had a virtual off season. And, you know, it, rookies were behind the ball even more, you know, because you don't have a, a seat, an off-season program to go through on the grass to learn things. And then you go into training camp, and if you, you know, any gays miss, I mean, shoot, Isaiah Wilson is behind the eight ball more than anybody at this point. But that's the challenging thing is that, you know, he hasn't had the play time. And now, you know, he didn't return on, on Sunday after hurting the knee. You know, so if there's any injury there, you know, then, you know, and, and no offense, but Jonathan Joseph is, you know, the guy behind him. That's, you know, you got old guy who knows an awful lot of what's going on. And, you know, but he's old and we've seen him kind of blistered at times. And, you know, Christian Fulton, young, still learning. We've seen him burn a little bit. Uh, Gilmore comes in as the reigning defensive player of the year. That could be a piece that really helps you. And, you know, and I'm looking at uh, uh, somebody with ESPN says the Titans have the 10th easiest schedule over the five, the final 10 games. Uh, You know, that could, you know, that that's good for them. But for the moment, they have some defensive issues they have to clean up right now. You talk about a Gilmore giving them that extra half second up front. Um, I thought Clowney was supposed to take care of that. 
Well, yes, but here's the thing. He was signed uh, Labor Day, September 7th. Uh, Vic Beasley didn't really start practicing until like, you know, a week or so later. You know, let's not forget, Beasley made his debut, what was it, Minnesota? Um, or it feels like Minnesota. Maybe it was Jacksonville. It feels like such a long time ago at this point. But, <clears throat> you know, and, and yeah, you can look. Beasley, neither Beasley nor Clowney, the two big additions this year, and they got a lot of money. Neither of them on their one-year deals have gotten a sack yet. Now, each of them forced a fumble on Sunday, but the Titans couldn't get their hands on it. So, you know, at this point, yeah, we're not seeing the pressures or, you know, even the, in, in the production in the run game. I mean, Clowney's got a reputation as a great run stuffer. We're not seeing that yet. Um, you know, we do see him playing through a knee issue. You know, he, he I, I thought he was out for the game on Sunday when, you know, they helped him to the sideline because he apparently put any weight on that leg. And, you know, he they take him into the tent. He walks around, he gets on the bike and then he's back in the game. So, you know, points for toughness because they only dressed uh, three outside linebackers on Sunday. If he'd gone down, then they would have really been stretched thin. So, uh, you know, it, it's it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how they I, I just think that practice time. You know, working on some of that chemistry among those guys, you know, you know, this happens, I'm going to go here, you do that. You know, just getting that level of communication up might help them improve on that area. But, you know, it, it is all built together. And, you know, let's face it, we've seen guys able to run and get open against this secondary. A secondary whose nickname the last couple of years has been My Man Catches No Balls. We've seen lots of balls caught, uh, no whether question. the quarterback, yeah, whether the quarterback was Minshew, uh, Watson, or Roethlisberger. So, you know, they've got some things that they need to to improve on, without a doubt, across the board. I'd argue. Having said all that, again, it's a lot easier to make those improvements from five and one than from a lot of other places. You could be through six games. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Say that again, Bo. Uh, my, <laughs> I say it's a lot. Of, you having issues with Roscoe? No, 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 no. Uh, my Wi-Fi dipped just a fraction. Oh, my bad. No, I was just saying it's a lot easier to make those improvements from a five and one place than from three and three or worse. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, you know, the the, the good thing is this team has shown us that they 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 stay calm and cool under pressure at late game situations. That's not something you can teach. I asked Mike Brabel about that yesterday and he goes, you know, he hopes that that shows the, what's been instilled in that team that, you know, that kind of resiliency that, you know, yeah, it can be bad because, you know, like life, things are going to happen and, you know, you're not prepared for them and you've got to be able to respond. We can see this team has been able to respond. I mean, I'd argue since last year when they were two and four and they had a lot to fix, uh, this team with this coaching staff showed us that they could get better through a season. We saw them do that last year, and now they have a chance to do that this year. But, yeah, at 5-1, and one, they've got a little bit of a cushion there uh, while they make these fixes, and they've got a lot of confidence on the things that they have done well. A year ago, 2-4, and four, it's like, you know, is Mike Vrabel the guy? Uh, what are they doing? You know, is the quarterback going to be able to do enough to fix this? And then suddenly we saw that switch kind of flipped and they started doing things and pulling out wins against the Chargers and the Chiefs. And, you know, game they had three comeback wins last year and they've had four now in, in, in their first five games. So, you know, that kind of resiliency will help them as they go deeper. But, you know, that that's, that's going to be the interesting thing. It is much easier to make changes because why 
they have all bought into the process in that building and they've seen that it works and there's that trust factor that makes it easier when a coach says, okay, I need you to do this, not that, guys will listen. And the switch that flipped after that two and four (laughs) was Ryan Tannehill and the impact that he's had on this team over now starting 16 games. He's officially started 16 games as a Titan. He's almost 70% passing and completion rate and 37 touchdowns to seven interceptions. The fact that he, the the one thing that we talk about so much is he may not win you games, but he's not going to lose you games. And his impact in that area of not turning the ball over gives this team the confidence to be able to make adjustments elsewhere because you know you don't have to worry about that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, think about this. He's now started 16 games. They are 12 and four with Ryan Tannehill as their quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, his, his stats compare going into this past game, his stats were right there with Patrick Mahomes touchdowns. Uh, he had a better passer rating, you know, same amount of uh, interceptions in that span. I mean, the numbers were eerie. You know, the one thing that Patrick Mahomes has is, uh, you know, he's got a Lombardi trophy and an MVP, um, you know, and, and Ryan Tannehill is still working to dismiss the, you know, the, 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 the shroud of playing for Miami and, and Adam Gase. And, you know, if, if you've ever followed the Miami Dolphins, you know that uh, it was, you know, Ryan Tannehill was fighting an uphill battle down there. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had lots and lots of issues and it took, you know, Brian Flores seems to be on the right track to making some, you know, to getting that franchise on the right track. But, you know, he, you know, Ryan Tannehill couldn't do it alone. There's a reason why he had not played in a playoff game until this last season with the Titans. So uh, yeah, they have a quarterback and, you know, they've got a running back who is still, you know, everyone's like, Oh, he only ran for 75 yards against the Steelers. Well, you know, when they needed it, he was very productive. He almost doubled his yardage on that touchdown drive that he capped with the one yard run. He came through when it mattered and he's still the NFL rushing leader guys. You know, you know, when the last time somebody led the NFL in rushing in consecutive seasons, go back to the, uh, you know, 2005, 2006, LaDainian Tomlinson. It's been a long time. So, you know, they've got a pieces there that make that offense work play action game it's huge they can take advantage of it and then oh yeah there's somebody got somebody named aj brown who <laughs> you know you get the ball in his hands he's going to get yards after the catch so you know this offense this offense is giving them and will keep buying them time to get the defense fixed or at least improved yeah i've said it i'm not sure that there is a quarterback slash running back tandem that complements each other within their the framework of their offense the way Tanny Hill and Derrick Henry do and it's um they just play off of each other and I think it's really fortunate that the Titans were able to get deals for both of them over this offseason and you know for all the people that say you know don't pay running backs I think for the Titans Derrick Henry is is the guy I don't think there's another guy that fits their offense the way he does no, and I'll say this: uh, at beginning, at the end of the regular season last year, I was doing a story because it was a topic. You know, the fact that each Henry and Tannehill were, you know, as soon as the season ended, you know, their contracts were up, and I was told, no, Titans aren't going to let them get away. <clears throat> so I kind of wrote that, 
and you know and stuck with that and yet people kept talking about it here's a stat from espn stats and info guys now it was going into the steelers game but in the previous 16 games together including the playoffs ryan Tannehill had 35 passing touchdowns derrick henry 2068 rushing yards only teammates in nfl history with 30 passing touchdowns and 2000 rushing yards in any 16 game span now, that's why they wanted to keep this duo together, because they make each other better. I mean, you know, after the, uh, the win over the Texans, Derrick Henry was asked, you know, should uh, Ryan Tannehill be considered for the MVP? And he's like, yes, MVP, MVP, let's get it started. And, uh, and then, you know, you asked Ryan Tannehill, he was asked on, last Wednesday about Derrick Henry as an MVP, and essentially the same thing. You know, these guys are each other's biggest fans because they know, you know, what Tannehill's ability to throw the ball and get it out quickly, which Marcus Mariota struggled to do, uh, allows makes Derrick Henry better because when you know they just feed off of you, it's iron sharpening iron, and it's fun to watch. It is absolutely fun to watch, and we will be watching on Sunday as the Titans take on the Bengals, who are apparently going to be without their starting left tackle, their center, their right tackle, and running back on Sunday. And they're one of the worst run defenses in the NFL, by the way. Oh, by the way. Um, apparently, this is a, not a good situation for the Bengals. Is this the time to get that defense right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, this is a this is an opportunity to to fix an awful lot of things and take some good steps. And they need to because, you know, while the Bears got a little exposed last night by the Rams and there's a lot of questions about them, they're still five and two. And that's the team that they the Titans come home to, uh, you know, in November and then followed by a quick turnaround in a Thursday night game against the Colts. So, you know, this is this is the this is a key two week stretch here for this defense to get some practice time in. And let's not forget, guys, you know, when they when they came back after the COVID thing, you know, they played the Bills. You know, they hadn't been in the building for 16 days. They they were allowed to have like a walkthrough on that Saturday, Mm -hmm. October 10th. And they they were allowed to come in and do a practice with just trainers, coaches and players on the 11th after a staff member had tested positive. And then they had a little another walkthrough on Monday. Uh, And then that was a short week leading into the Texans game. So, you know, over the since that Minnesota game, they've had one true week of an actual practice week that looks like a normal practice week during the season. Now this will be week two uh, and next week will be week three before their schedule gets cranked up again with the short week turnaround. So this is their chance to fix some things and meetings. And, and, and by the way, yeah, they're, you know, I think they're out of the intensive protocol. So I think they can actually meet together in the rooms instead of having to do that by zoom. So when they were, you know, when they were having the breakout, you know, they could, they could practice together, but they had to go home and do all their meetings by zoom again. So, you know, they, they've been through a lot. So, and we, there's a lot of veterans on that team, you know, from, you know, especially in that secondary and on the front, you know, so I I do think that getting some simple practice time and coaches saying, this is what we want, that that will help improve an awful lot. Well, I I think you're exactly right. And this is going to be a, an interesting week to say the least in a situation like this in the past, the Titans probably would have lost by 10, but I think this is a different football team. AP Sports Editor for Tennessee, Teresa Walker, joining us, and we appreciate her time as always. Thanks so much for having us or for for being on with us. My pleasure, and uh, thanks, guys. And yeah, I tried to keep Roscoe out of the way this morning, though. It's all right. Hey, real quick, we're going to go to our top five Tuesday on the other side of this break. What is your favorite Halloween candy? 
Oh, are you kidding? It's chocolate, chocolate, chocolate. Hershey's bars, Reese's cups, uh, give me some mounds, uh, but Skittles are never bad either. I give out chocolate at my house. There you go. Teresa Walker, AP Sports Editor in Tennessee. On the other side of the break, we have Top 5 Tuesday. It is Top 5 Halloween candy. Tell us your favorite Halloween candy. Texas, 931-381-1017, 931-381-1017. We'll be right back after this. Are you finally ready to turn your outdated kitchen into a dream kitchen, but you don't want to deal with the hassle of a remodel? Call our friends Lynn and Kathy over at By Design Cabinetry in Spring Hill. They have the latest trends and timeless classic looks for your home. By Design Cabinetry is your solution to indoor and outdoor cabinets. Visit them at bydesigncabinetry.com or call 615-241-1195. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there, and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and joined at this Top 5 Tuesday, and we're going to get to our Top 5 Halloween candies on the other side of a quick update in cross-country action. Sorry about that. You're good. Oh, you're I, yeah, I thought you're you were fine. ready to roll right into sorry. it. Well, sorry. Cross-country We had to audible here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Nate Martinez from Independence is unofficially qualified for the state meet with a ninth place finish at Region 6 Large School race in uh, Hendersonville. Mm-hmm. The Independence girls behind the Halterman sisters, sisters will uh, likely be in the state meet as a team. So congratulations to the Indy girls. And Michael Gerhardt, the senior from Spring Hill, is unofficially in the state meet field as well after a top 10 finish this morning up at Hendersonville. No word yet on Columbia Central's results from the Region 4 meet over in Murfreesboro. Yeah, the last, uh, the only thing we have from them is a few photos. So, we appreciate the photos, though. <laughs> well, I'm all for that. All right. Um, top five. Top five Halloween candies. I will start it off because I'm going to be, I have a feeling that I'm going to get a lot of hate on my list. Especially with this first one. I already know one of them, and it's probably your number one. It's not my number one. Yeah. Oh, good lord. Yeah. But my my top five, number five, the peanut butter kisses, the things that come in the orange and black wrappers Mm -hmm. that nobody likes. I love those things. Yeah, you're right. You're going to get some hate I for that I love one. those things. Oh, I love Lord. peanut butter. So. I love peanut butter, but I hate those. Oh, those are delicious. The, the peanut butter taffy is delicious. Anyway, what you got? I got Jay- Butterfinger as my number Ooh, five, which is, yeah. which, you know. Don't lay a finger. There we go. Better not lay a finger <laughs> on my Butterfinger. All right, uh, number five for me, white chocolate Kit Kat. Oh, those are good. Have you yes. had the pumpkin-flavored Kit Kat? Because it is <laughs> amazing. I have tried it. Amazing. I ate... I wouldn't say amazing, but it's no, not bad. I ate like 50 of those things like last year. 
they were um, they were among my favorite candy last year. Do you do pumpkin spice lattes too? No, uh, that okay. I just really like that pumpkin <laughs> Kit Kat. It for some reason the Kit Kat with the wafer it just it, it worked really you well. Just like the orange color. Maybe I did. Yeah, I don't know. My number four is Butterfinger. Yeah, I got Butterfingers number four because I love to eat those when I'm drinking bourbon. It makes the bourbon just a little bit better. I'm gonna have to try that. You need to. Oh. I got I got some at the house. We'll we'll, we'll put right. it together. All right then. Um, my number four is Jolly Ranchers. Ooh, either apple or watermelon. I really yeah. don't want anything else. And Grape if, is okay, and, but I like apple and, and watermelon and, the best. And if every now and then Jody will bring a bag of assorted's home, and eventually. I'll, I'll cherry pick, and and I don't mind saying it. I'll, I'll pick the apples and the watermelons out, and he'll, somebody else he'll can eat the cherry pick, not cherry. Not cherry. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Cherry pick the watermelon. Yep. Uh, I, watermelon's my favorite, too, of the Jolly Ranchers. That's a good call. Uh, my number four, whatchamacallit. What is it? It's whatchamacallit. Whatchamacallit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Funny story. There's a – one of my one of my, my DJ wedding business partners is a uh, – she says whatchamacallit a lot. Like when she can't think of the word, she yeah. just says mm-hmm. what and, – and so we were coming back from a wedding one night, and I went to a grass station and brought her out a whatchamacallit. <laughs> and she thought it was funny, so I guess that, that worked out. Did she eat it? She did not eat it. Oh, no, I do love watch McCallits though. Yeah. They were they're great. My number three is the Starburst two packs. I love the Starburst two packs because when you open it up and you do get two of the pinks, it's like Christmas morning every time. That's a good call. My number three is Milk Duds. Ooh, I love Milk Duds too. That's good stuff. Uh, my number three. Uh, you're gonna see a theme a little bit with the type of candy that I like. Nestle Crunch. Yeah. So. Kit Kat, whatchamacallit, Nestle Crunch. Yeah. Crunch. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. I'm not opposed to that. My number two is candy corn. Mm. Of course, I mm. love candy corn. I love candy corn mm. and um, uh, what? just regular peanuts because it tastes like a payday. Okay. Delicious together. Uh, so why not just get a payday? Uh, yeah, I, sometimes I just have candy corn. Okay. So. No. Yeah, because nobody else likes them. No. <laughs> there you go. You, you can be You can be assured that you get all the candy corn. Yep. There's still a bag in my office that nobody else has touched. Just and like I'm this. okay with that. And, and they won't. And just I'm okay like with that. Just like those pumpkin kisses. You like. Right? Uh, pa- peanut butter peanut kisses. Peanut butter kisses. Pumpkin Kit Kat. Yeah. My number two is Take Five. Interesting. Chocolate-covered pretzels and caramel. See, this is... Now we know who's actually buying those random candy bars at the gas station because, like, there are some candy bars that I'm just like, who still buys these? And it's it's Mo. <laughs> and it's yours truly. That's my number two. Reese's Take Five. Yes. Interesting. Yes. So there you go. Uh huh. That's yeah. amazing. See, yeah. I like I like zero bars, the white chocolate with the nougat inside. I love I like okay. zero bars. So I think I'm the only one still buying those, but. My number one is, well, I mean, it's, it's the gold standard of all candy in general for me, and it's a Reese's pumpkin. I like the Reese's eggs at, at Easter, and for me, Reese's pumpkin is the same, and it's better than a regular Reese's cup. There's a little bit more peanut butter in there. Before I give you my number one, 
Charles Pulliam left his top five with us. Oh, let's give let's uh, Charles Pulliam, Williamson, Harold. And I'm not earlier. I'm not sure if they are in order or not, so I'm just going to read them as they are as they appear in this text. Snickers, Twix, Laffy Taffy, Caramel Apple Sucker, and Skittles. Caramel Apple Suckers, those are good. Mm. We used to we used to have those all the time in school. I tell you what, I need an honorable mention because. Heath Bar should be in. There. I was gonna ask. I thought he. I was. I was expecting Heath Bar to be on the because you know when we go get when we go get pizza, you always get the Heath Bar cupcake. I, I like Heath Bars. But, anyway, um, number I, one. I, I think I just forgot it. My number one <laughs> is Reese's Cups. Yeah, Reese's Cup. JP, you ready? All, All right, right. number one. Um, you just mentioned it, Heath Bar. That's my number one. Wow, look yep. at there. Well, there Heath Bar, that toffee, baby. That's a good call. You can't mess up with the toffee. Uh, anytime I get um, a blizzard, it's always the Heath Bar crunch. See, I've never, I don't even know if I've ever had a Heath Bar. So and the Heath I'm Bar cake try. is, okay. Heath Bar cake, cupcake is, oh, is phenomenal. The heat, yeah, oh, the oh, cupcakes down at um, pizza the Pizza Place mm-hmm. in Mount Pleasant, where we like to slip off to when we get a little time. Great pizza, great cupcakes. Yeah, it's fantastic. All right. Well, you typically can't eat the cupcake right after you eat the pizza because you're stuffed. Oh, yeah. It's pretty much. <laughs> yeah. So. Great show today. We had a lot of. Are we going to throw a poll up? Uh, we will throw a poll up uh, on. Well, I mean, I don't know. We've we had two of the same number ones. Um, we'll just ask. We'll ask you. Reese's Cups or Heath Bars? Reese's Cups, Heath Bars, or your favorite. Right, or but other. You had, you had a different Reese's Reese's cup. Pumpkins, yeah. We, That's we different. Can, we this can put it up. Reese's That's different yeah, than a regular it is a Reese's. Little, it, is different. it is different. I'll agree. So we'll, we'll throw it up. If you vote in the poll and retweet it, you will be entered into a drawing for a gift card from Patio West out in Spring Hill they as know. they are our Scholar Athlete of the Week sponsor. So we're going to throw that poll up, retweet it, vote in the poll. We would love to have your feedback. Got to retweet it to be eligible for the contest. Got to be, yeah, got to retweet it because we need to know who, who you are. Who you are. Yeah. All right. Great show once again. Cross country going on right now. We'll have results later on sm-tnsports.com. Follow us on at sm underscore tnsports. That's where that poll will be. We'll also be on, uh, on Facebook as well. And make sure... To vote in that poll at SM underscore TN Sports on Twitter, Southern Middle Tennessee Sports on Facebook. We will have plenty of content on sm-tnsports.com this week. Make sure to check out those playoff pairing options and hashtag if then. Hashtag if then. Stat leaders. Lots of information there. We'll get to those tomorrow on the show. Uh, thank you to Charles Pulliam of the Williamson Herald and Teresa Walker of the Associated Press for joining us today. If you missed any of that, it'll be on our podcast at the end of the day. We'll have the podcast up for your drive home or whenever you feel like listening to it. By the way, real quickly, Dodgers get it done tonight? I don't think so. It's a bullpen game. I'd agree. I think um, so I think we're headed for, for game seven. I think we're headed for seven. game seven, and maybe I'll watch it. Yeah. yeah, since I haven't watched, I haven't any watched of either. These. Yeah. yeah, I haven't um, watched much, but I've been busy. So I've I've, been, I've had an opportunity, I just have not. But good luck to Mookie Betts. Yeah, good luck to that kid. All right, 
We'll see you tomorrow on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, 9 o'clock. We'll have Scott Blade on tomorrow in the 9 o'clock hour talking about that Ravenwood Independence game, so it's going to be a lot of fun. We'll see you then. Stay cool, Columbia.